What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Madman with Trip Job and Darren Rand on Extra 106.3 FM. Happy Saturday. Welcome to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Joe here with Darren Rand. And we are fired up. April. Yeah, fired up. Uh, it's the end of April, four months down. And uh, surprise, surprise, you know, news continues on about inflation. And thought that that would be a fantastic topic to uh, talk about. There's an article that I uh, caught this week about how brands can fight inflation. And we'll start with that, and then I think it's going to get us fired up, and I think it's going to uh, shift us into not necessarily the point of this article, but the point of how you ought to be thinking about your brand and how you can make your brand even stronger in periods of whether it's inflation or uh, recessionary times. Um, so how does that sound, Darren? I, 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 anytime you get changes in the, in the economy, it's always a challenge for a brand, and it's fun. Not fun for the brand, but it's fun for us because we get to – Help solve it. Yeah. So let's uh, let's kick this off with um, uh, this article and uh, talked about March inflation was obviously uh, CPI up eight and a half percent. You know, the highest year over year increase um, in forty years. Uh, we all know the reasons. Won't go into all that. Um, but we also saw they said uh, the Wall Street Journal article talked about uh, sales volumes have started to decline. In February. Now, a lot of this is consumer products. So, um, cereal. Uh, February sales volumes for cereal declined 7.2% on a two year compound basis. Cleaning products fell 5.1%. They were relating that to price increase. Uh, Honestly, I don't think that's the reason. We're we're a year and a half after COVID. Um, I mean, shoot, there was uh, the cleaning products. Is exactly. that, I mean, that that's a year-over-year year comparison. I mean, God, don't put that against prices. It had nothing to do with that. So, sorry, folks. That that is Tripp's absolute example of people using numbers the way they want to. I mean, that is that's that's a, that's so silly. It's like who actually wrote that? Oh, they've declined. Cleaning products have declined. Of course, they've declined. They've never yeah. been higher in the, in the history of cleaning products. It, it reminded me of one of the 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 one dumbest comment I think I ever heard from an auditor. So we had the Sox auditors in um, the year after we closed an acquisition, and as head of marketing, I had to answer all the revenue questions year over year for the audit. And um, so our revenue, um, we we closed the deal in April, so it wasn't a complete year over year. So our revenue for the year was up like 66, 65% year over year. And so I get this list of questions from the uh, Deloitte and Touche auditors. um, And the first question was, why were sales up 
so much year over year. And I walked into our, um, <laughs> literally, I walked into our controller and CFO, and I said, "Look, I'm out here, you know, trying to integrate this acquisition." I said, "I will do whatever you need with the auditors, but if they're going to ask these stupid questions, you can tell them to go f themselves and find someone else to answer them." Literally, that was the number one question. Well, it, 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 <laughs> how, and. and Let's just say, okay, since we're in media here, you and I on the on the on this this podcast, we're talking about not on the radio, and whether you like them or don't like them is not is not the point, but the CNN Plus going yeah. in a hurry, and how much they spent with McKinsey, you know, to to get them to validate the model, and and it, it dies that quickly. Yeah, three hundred million, right? Was that three hundred million dollars? That was a three hundred. So let's see. You're paying Deloitte to ask you the first question about where's the over, or, and they got three hundred million dollars for, and you know what? This is so off topic, folks. But this may be one of those fun days. Never, you know, the old thing about no one ever gets fired for hiring IBM, yeah, and no one ever gets fired for hiring McKinsey. Sorry, McKinsey. And I look, we we joke around that we are many one because we are really smart folks. But boy, oh boy, if we heard those co- somebody. You know, and that this is so off topic, but what the heck? Yeah, don't waste People. your time. I mean, that part of it's the model. It's the model of okay, you got a partner, you got a junior partner, then you got a project manager, and you got two twenty-three-year-olds. Exactly. And guess what? You see the partner with the CEO once a, once a month, and then everything else runs through. And there's no coaching. I mean, honestly, it, it, that's it, it, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Back to, back to topic. So there is what they call shrinkflation did happen. So this is reality. A couple examples. Uh, Quartz uh, bounty, um, they shrunk from 165 sheets to 147 sheets. Uh, A nine and three quarter ounce bag of Doritos is now nine and a quarter. Loses five chips. That is just stupid. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I mean, I will look. I have package food packaging clients, and the cost to reconfigure for what amounts to be about a three percent reduction, unless now. If nine and a quarter happens to create some tremendous packaging savings, that's one thing. But to do it for price, you know, uh, not having a cost increase, that's absolutely insane. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. What else we've got? We got, um, uh, let's see, wheat, wheat, today, thin, wheat, thins, is good. Is, wheat thins went from 16 ounces to 14 ounces. Uh, I can't not believe this one. A 32-ounce bottle of Gatorade is now 28 um, so a 14% increase, though the uh, company marketing representatives claim the bottle is now more aerodynamic and easier to grab. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's enough. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that. So what marketing seeing, speak for we, we're not going to show you the, the, uh, the change of price. Right. So we got a lot of things right now. So certain brands are out there and the way they're responding is by basically giving you a, a stealth hidden price increase in the terms of changing their packaging, right? Because they're worried about, they think that their brand can't maintain the couple of price increases that have gone on that we're all aware of right now. So um, that's let's start with that topic. To me, it's a, um, in most cases, a signal of weakness about your brand. Totally agree. You know, I mean, I think we may have talked about this. That's why, you know, I love working with luxury brands yeah. um, because they don't they don't do that. I mean, Hermes and Vuitton and they're they're they if anything else is going down, they're going up. A- absolutely. But you know, let's I'm going to save I want to save the luxury brands for the second 
okay. section because um, so I, I, because but let's talk about and I and I I was there yesterday um, because they're they're showing they're even talking about uh, restaurants I didn't get to Denny's here and a few others and that uh, now you get the same plate but if you want the bacon the bacon's extra and stuff like that how about if you want ice in your in your glass of- well I don't know but. Um, <laughs> Okay, so I'm a Chick-fil-A addict. I've got my Chick-fil-A iced tea right here. I have it every week when I come in. Um, look, I stopped yesterday. I had lunch there. It's $2 more than it was a year ago. They've had two or three price increases. I don't know how many. The lines have not stopped. Nope. Okay, that is not a luxury brand. Nope. That is QSR, fast food, whatever you want to call. I guess it's really fast food. It's not even QSR. Um, and yet... Their business continues to grow. Quality and, and brand consistency. That brand is Brand name, service, service, and guess what? People, it wins. Yeah. And yet, at Denny's, okay, is worrying about, you know, 99 cents, so they make it an extra if you want, uh, you know, the full, the full Denny Slam, I guess, now versus uh, where it all used to be together. Well, so here, here's the thing. I mean, you know, we always talk about a race to the bottom. Yeah. As soon as you start doing that, it's a race to the bottom. I mean, yeah. I don't know of any any brands. Um, well, I guess you know, and even Target is really not a discount brand anymore. It, you know, I guess they started out, but there's no way. No. Um, but you know, and, and this is where we talk about all the time knowing your audience, and and if you it, knowing your audience, being consistent. I was on the phone the other day, actually, to your point about you know service. I was on the on the phone the other day with a bank. I won't say who, but a <laughs> large bank, and have had the worst experience with these folks over the years. I mean, I've been, and all of a sudden, I got with somebody um, who is, I mean, outstanding. And I said, "Where in the world?" I mean, just chatting. And what we're getting at, folks, is some. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've had an epidemic, and we've had all these things. And yeah, there's the the great resignation and everything that everyone is talking about for all these excuses for quality and service and brand. You know what? You go if you go be a good company, go deliver good service. You know, be consistent, and 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 people will come back. If that if you want to play this game of discount and Groupon, prove that a discount buyer is a discount buyer, buyer is a discount buyer. That's yeah. how they're going to buy. Whether the person is rich or poor, it doesn't matter. A discount buyer is going to buy a discount. And as our friend David Hughes would say, guess what? If you want your employees to treat your customers a certain way, how are you intre- How are you treating them? Because guess what? They're going to mimic the behavior that and how you treat them with how they treat their employees. It, it, it's or their customers. Sorry. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean. Again, with Chick Fil A being here in our hometown, it's it's. I mean, everybody is trying to chase their best practices. Yeah, it's it's just. But and if you're a small, that's a great point. If you're a small or mid-sized business owner, you know, and look, you're busy during the week, you can't do it. Go just sit in the Chick Fil A now. Now you can go. You can be back inside. Just go sit. You know, whether you just grab a Coke. You know, if you're not wanting to eat or whatever, go sit and watch for half an hour. Watch the interactions. Watch how. 
their employees, you know, move within the uh, the customers. Watch the technology side of things. Watch, you know, just the general branding. Look around and see how much they brand. Even now on their tables where they've got this online app, they've got the Chick-fil-A logo branded within this little small app. I mean, everything is done to perfection. Yeah, it, it is. So what we're, we're trip started this whole thing with brand and and how do you deal with you know whether inflation or deflate whatever the economic factors are you know be true to the brand that, that's the i mean the problem is as we talk about all the time some people's brand stinks in the first place whether and then so 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 you know they're they're chasing the wrong thing oh inflation's the problem no your, your brand is, your, your brand is, is the, the problem, problem and you got to think through and um and sometimes you have to be um, – you can't be afraid, you know, to raise prices if your your costs are going up, right? And that's not, you know, a brand. And we're, when we come back, we're going to we're dive into, um, you know, the uh, should you be stealthy, should you be up front. I've got a great quote from a good friend of ours, Jim McCutcheon, uh, we'll, we'll lead off with. Um, but that's ultimately the problem. It's, you know, you have, have the cojones at times to have uh, – you know the price increase he and did it. separate he, that he, from he, the brand. It, so he, he did it, and everyone says uh, we we need to. I mean, look, this is the quality you're going to get. This is the company you're going to get, and they all stayed. That's the way it is. So you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Point Three. We'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra One Hundred Six Three FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand here, and we are talking about brand and inflation. Fun topic, and uh, uh, we're going to get into a lot about really understanding uh, how your brand strength can help you in, in these times as well as recessionary times. Uh, but right before the break, we were talking about, you know, sometimes these stealthy price increases, um, you know, is that the best way to go about it? Should you be more upfront? Uh, and I think, you know, there's there's times for both. Um, I think this is my take, you know, from and I've been in industries where there was a lot of component materials. You know, look, we had uh, paper and pulp, you know, where most buyers were very educated what was going on. We had latex that was related to oil movements. Uh, if you remember back when oil hit $200 a barrel in 08, um, you know, when there are things like that, that are very um, upfront. People know the the key contributors. Uh, I'm a believer in look. Just be upfront. All right. That's you know absolutely where um, you've got to uh, just relay. Here's what's going on. Everyone realizes it and go for it. Yeah. You know, you're talking about raw materials versus you know versus people, right? And and I think it again. I I, I believe I agree with you. If you go to a client, and 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 this is, I remember someone teaching this a long time ago, and you say, "Look, you want me to be in business next year?" Yeah, I'm. I'm. Are you dependent on my service? Yes. I can't pay to do business for you. That that's that just doesn't work for any anybody. Look, owning a company for thirty years like I have, I've made, I I was always petrified to change prices. Probably should have changed. We should probably change them years and years and years ago. So it's one of those things you get anxious about, but the reality is if they're really partners, number one, in your business, in a B2B, or they're, they're loyal consumers, number two, you can have a conversation in whatever way you need to. I mean, look at what people are doing on the front doors going, you know, please be patient with, uh, 
with the staff because we're right. under we're understaffed. Nobody likes it, but that's that's being upfront the way you're talking about. Right. And gas prices right now, all those, I mean, look, if it's in the news, it's obvious it's raw materials. To me, you know, you just you, you be upfront with it. Now, there have been a few times in my career where stealth uh, type of price increases do make sense. And that's those are the type we're talking about with some packaging and things like that. So, for instance, you know, healthcare started cost really started to, I'm not going to say get out of control, but take up a bigger and bigger part of the between the lines cost, you know, in the 2010 um, period. And so, you know, all of a sudden employers were getting huge increases um, in healthcare cost at that point in time. Sometimes we've had the run-ups. We're seeing them right now with the great resignation, a little bit of employee cost. Um, let's say, you know, God forbid, you know, a company went through some legal struggles and had lawsuits and things like that. Those are between the lines cost that you, you got at some point um, cover. Um, but those are things that your, you know, your customers don't care about. Those are how that's when you have problem. to get stealth. Yep. That's when you have to think about better ways to do it. Yep. You know, can you cut things out? Do you repackage? Um, can you find ways to um, maybe even have a better uh, operation? So, you know, let's let's look at all the service guys out there and uh, maybe they're, you know, driving around town zigzagging through appointment, uh, you know, appointments. And maybe it's like, OK, well, we're going to keep, you know, we're going to keep our prices here as long as the city of Roswell, you accept having your yard mowed on Wednesday versus everyone who wants it done on Friday. Those are ways you can have essentially a stealth price increase. Think about it. Well, and I, I, to your, that's the stealth. I, I agree with the way you said the first time. I mean, think about people in the service business. Um, well, my wife with interior design, she's seeing it. Uh, I'm sure we've all got friends that are buddies in construction. I mean, you know, this, the boom. What people say is, you know what? I'm going to do three projects a year or, or ten projects a year. Or with McCutcheon, I've got this many. You know, this is, And that's what you can do. And if you want our company to deliver services or goods to you, then this is the way we play. This is this yeah. is the rules of our game. And it sounds easy. Trust me, folks. I mean, again, it is we know it's not that easy because, you know, and and so but what you figure out is is that when you stick to your guns on what you want as a client, uh, then you end up doing a lot better like it's funny i was talking to jeb the other day and he said something you know if you walk into a bad deal mm-hmm. knowing it's a bad deal it will never, never get change better. to a good deal ever well, and that's you know so you hit a great point that i remember used to uh doing with a lot of customers when we were thinking about things so it, it, it's hard to to pull that trigger so a lot of times we would start by going to a couple of long-term really good customers and say, hey, here's kind of what we're going through. What do you think? You know, and bounce it off. So you're not going to, A, surprise some of your best customers. And usually what we found was because of the brand strength, because of the relationship, hey, you need to do this. You need to, you know, price increase or you need to change packaging or whatever it is. Um, change the brand. Spend the money now. Your brand needs to be refreshed. You know, whatever those discussions were. Okay, so we started there. Then we would go to new customers back on that. Are they the discount buyers or are they, you know, just new customers that are on the lower edge? And we kind of, you know, throw out then what the plan was 
We didn't tell them we weren't 100% doing it, but we would go ahead, instead of asking, we would kind of say, well, this is kind of where we're going to get their reaction. Now, if you get someone who isn't immediately vociferous, guess what? Your plan works, right? So you kind of go on both ends of the spectrum. Um, but what the difference? Your vociferous word there. Yes, <laughs> that's a good word. I haven't used that yeah, one in a while. But I have to use that one. That I mean, that's the way you can kind of test this type of thing by talking to customers, but talking to different types of customers, kind of seeing where they are, and just look. If someone is, wait a second, no, I'll never do that. And you may also find out that that customer is not the typical type of customer you want i.e. to the point that you're making um, from Jim McCutcheon. So. so it's funny. You know, we'll, go with it. we'll go back to the brand word. This is you know, kind of like the same as marketing versus advertising. Mm-hmm. You know, People don't understand the real definition. And I don't think a lot of people understand the real definition of brand either. Yeah. I mean, brand, you know, it, this is... I, I bet, well, a large is, majority think it's a logo. It's a it's a name, it's a logo, logo, and it's a mark. Sorry, folks. You know, and and again, you know, I'm going to my we got trip fired up, so I'm going to get this. You know, we 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 see this over all these years, and again, I'm going to use my my um, bank analogy. You know, I mean the the customer she she was awesome, um, and then I have a, a credit card that I use that I've used for years it's american express platinum whatever it doesn't matter i've had it for 30 40 or whatever and here you'd think that what we pay for that stupid card right you'd get great service at all times mm. okay sorry but so i'm i'm on the call and and and, and this happened about a month ago okay talking about brand consistency and you've got that card Okay, again, with what we're paying for these damn things now is ridiculous, but I've had it, and so whatever. I'm stupid enough to keep it for whatever. Let's see, 87. So the I had a problem. Um, called them up, and again, my card says 87. What's your name, sir? Uh, I'm Darren Rand. Well, do you want me to call you Darren Rand? Oh my I goodness. swear to God, that was the comment. Wait. Okay. Wait. Again, this is American Express better. Platinum. Yeah. Okay. So this was a it was something that was a it was a problem that, that I had. It wasn't a it was 150 bucks, but it was the principle of what these this vendor had done. And they fixed it. I call back about a week later to, to get it fixed. Same exact script. Do you do you want me to call you Darren Rand? No, I want you to call me Mortimer. <laughs> call me call me Joe. Just don't call me Ray. Come on. We know you have the most expensive CRM that's out there. We know where you're running Salesforce. I mean, come on. Back to back to brand, okay? And somebody, and I finally said to the second person who was super sweet, and I said, do me a favor. I know this is not going to get anywhere, but I want you to record this and send it to somebody. Can you tell them this is the dumbest question they've ever created on the planet? On the planet. You all are a brand, and if you can't look and see that I've been with you since 87, my name is what it is, and I just gave you my name, and you got to ask me if I'm okay? Uh, Would you tell me if I'm okay with you asking me that I, I refer to you as Darren Rand? Are you kidding me? Are you? I, I lost my mind, and she actually laughed. You know, She goes, I, I know. So... How does that how does that 
relate to brand consistency. Well, the brand is the promise. That's the, that's the dumbest every, thing in the world. No, the brand. We're talking about a platinum card that is a, that's costing me a fortune. I've been with them for freaking ever, and they're asking me if they can call me by my name, Darren Rand. Who in what customer service department came up with that stupid line? Yeah. Sorry. So the your brand brand is, inconsistency. The there, brand is your promise in everything you do, and that's, <laughs> that's the exactly other thing. Right. You know, a lot of times I'll talk, I got friends in customer experience, and, um, you know, people will think, oh, well, customer experience is just the interaction between sales, inside sales, and the customer. I go, absolutely not. I said, the customer experience is end-to-end, which goes back into billing, anything that touches a customer. Exactly. I don't care where it is. I mean, you know, it can be the case of, um, you know, how you mail statements out or how you email statements out or what do you, I mean, the whole, it's the whole thing. It's end to end, but we well, remember the, the old annoyed. Sergio, you know, for people yeah. who remember from Sergio days of Coca-Cola, everything speaks. Yeah. That was his, it was everything speaks. So let's go back right, to, to, no, 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 we're, <laughs> it's great. great. Cause this is about, I mean, the whole thing is about brand what and the ability, about. the ability to, um, um, uh, yeah. if you're not aware, um, by now, um, we are passionate about brand. If you've got brand questions and you want to think about it, uh, go to our website, randinc.cc, um, and you will see that we start with your brand, start with your strategy in your business, and it does all come back to that. So whether you're facing these type of questions of pricing, price increases, and, and trying to keep your margins up, um, that's where we're going to take you back. So let's let's go back. We already talked about Chick-fil-A a little bit. Um, I cannot believe a brand such as Gatorade um, as long as that's been around, is now, you know, going through a 14% price increase by changing a 32-ounce bottle to 28 and then, honestly, lying to customers by saying it's more aerodynamic <laughs> and easier to grab. That is the biggest bunch of hooky, hockey, whatever you want to call it, I've ever heard. Well, it's I University, mean, you, you it's can University of Florida. Yeah, they're Gators. You know, so we're well, we're, it's Pepsi. It, I mean, it, Pepsi it, bought them years ago. Know, but yes, it's, it's still we got We we got to bust them. It's the know, George, It's, it's now the Jorts of sports drinks. Exactly. That's, uh, that's exactly. why we drink BioLite now. Anyway, but um, look, you can create an aerodynamic and easier to grab thirty-two ounce bottle. Oh, it, I it, mean, come on. So, um, so let me ask this. Okay. Has Coca-Cola ever changed the 12-ounce can or the 16-ounce plastic bottle? Has Bud, Bud Light, and, and I look, I have problems with Bud Light's advertise, branding in the last couple of years, but has Bud changed the 12-ounce can? No. I, I mean, mean, it's, they, it's uh, no, crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely, you know, the... A 12-ounce is a 12-ounce is a 12-ounce is a 12. Now, what Coke did, I think, was incredible with those little 8-ouncers. Those are yeah. addictive. But that's completely different. Completely that was... different. And you're paying. If you're, they didn't do that. To, to, they, you're paying more, and you know you're paying more for that. But I know, this I know people who, don't, who are trying to cut back right. on the amount of soda they drink a day. And they love that yeah. because it's it's the eight ounce cans or whatever, or it's a mixer. I mean, that's the other one that yeah. it gets utilized for. But yeah, um, so yeah, no, the, the it, it's the, the this is where, and I hope that we're right on this. I think the consumer is a lot smarter than companies give them credit for. Oh, and, no question. And if they are, then what the heck are you doing? I mean, you know, what are the keys? to brands or let's say products within brand sets that get a consumer to change, right? Something's going to finally piss them off, yeah. right? You never know what it is. I mean, you know, because 
whether it was telco, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, uh, you couldn't port your number, right? I mean, certain businesses, there's, there's just certain things that will finally get you to snap. And when you snap, that's it. You're done with that brand and you move on to a new one, right? And these are the kinds of things that, that again, well, let's go. You said Coca-Cola. When Coca-Cola did new Coke, everyone snapped. Yeah. They now, snapped. Right. Now they handled it about as well in the aftermath as, right. you, as you could. But, no, I mean, by going to – you're going to have some that may go to Powerade, may go to Vitamin Water, may go to – you know, all, there's look, there's a ton of options out there. To me – now, I'm guessing there were other issues going on with Gatorade and probably their volumes, their brand strengths, and things like that that pushed them to make this change. Yeah, there's um, so many things that, that you and I see all the time that the consumer doesn't, but I think the point you're really trying to make is – are you honest with the consumer, or are you are you are you trying to pull the wool over their eyes? And if you're trying to pull the wool over their eyes, that's just a big mistake because people are not stupid anymore. Yeah, and I mean, they never were stupid, but I mean, they got there's so much information out there now. This is it's kind of like you know politicians, whatever side anyone's on doesn't matter. Have you ever gotten a straight answer? <laughs> no, and that's like so that's what that's what these guys are doing. They're going. Yeah. Hey, you know the we're, we're, we changed the bottle so the the portability is easier in your hand and it it's yeah you, you you just changed the price that's what you did yeah so let's um okay. let's switch over because we we teased in the first segment about luxury brands yep and so I you know I'm gonna go back in my history a little bit so when we spun off from Kimberly Clark in 2004 um, one of the things that uh, I mean I the first sales meeting January 2005 two months after our spinoff. You know, I stood up there and, um, you know, it was even the, our CEO, Sean Irwin, talked to the investment community about it, was the book, The Power of Trading Up. And the book is about um, uh, Louis Vuitton, uh, Moet Hennessy, you know, LMVH, um, Starbucks at that time. Okay, this book came out in 2000, early 2004, late 2003, um, but about how people went from paying a quarter and 50 cents for coffee to at that point paying three three dollars, et cetera, why people would pay for, you know, Louis Vuitton luggage, purses, things of that nature. Um, let's see here. There were a few other uh, alcohol brands. I'm trying to remember which ones were in there, but there was probably 10 or 12 brands, but it was the power in having that brand not being so exclusionary. Rolex. Right, Rolex, but being, being where it's attainable. And then what's what extra do you get for being attainable and having that brand image and that brand presence? Right. It, it Well, again, I've never believed in, in discounting. It's just, again, I, I, I use Groupon all the time because of just so many clients I've worked with and, and – I remember when it came out, and I said, "We're just, we're, and I, and we've talked about this on the radio. We're not doing this." You know, there's again. First of all, folks, again, I'm going to say this one more time: discount buyers are discount buyers. Okay, understand sampling. Sampling's okay. That's not discounting. That's sampling. Yeah, that's part of your marketing program. But if you, you know, and 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 here's the thing, and I get frustrated with God. There's so many things. Look at what what the the telcos do, the cable companies do, and all these folks. Well, that, now that's all one bundle anyway. They get you in, right? And next thing you know is they start changing the prices. And then you start churning and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in luxury brands, for the most part, you know, autos, clothes, the, you know, the watches, things like that, the consumer loyalty is is there. 
I mean, exactly. because they have they have built it on they've built that consumer loyalty based on what that brand stands for and everything that it's going to be doing. You know, that and and that, that consistency. And when they go off the rails, they go off the rails big time. You know, and there's there's some smart things. I, I for the first time about two weeks ago, I mean, I'd, I'd driven by many, many times. I'm not a motorcycle guy. Right. OK. Um, but I'd seen this place and it was right next to the Triumph little um building and dealer and which is mostly i mean i guess there's obviously some uh, bike and car stuff but it was mostly clothes and helmets and all that type of stuff and this pops coffee company in roswell and i go in there to meet someone for a networking breakfast and truly about uh, i think at nine o'clock you know they opened up the uh, the metal grade in between you know the metal fencing um that opened up the the triumph store um but of course the coffee shop had been open since seven that morning and the entire coffee shop's decorated with, you know, the motorcycles and, How cool is that? and all that. And you just look around. I mean, it was a wide range of people in there. But, look, that is the example of a luxury brand where they've taken a passion. And guess what? The Starbucks people of the world who are passionate about bikes and British cars and things like that, guess where they're spending their time now? Yeah. And they've got this. Also, now, if you want a, a biker jacket or if you need this or you need that, it's all sitting right there as well. I mean, I just thought it was brilliant. It's and, a really it's I, your point is and it brings up another idea or comment. I was I had this conversation, you know, the comment about, you know, fast nickels versus slow dimes. Yeah. Right. So here's this concept you're talking about. The challenge. And, and this is. Again, back to brand, the challenge with doing these sorts of things is some it doesn't happen overnight okay it doesn't matter how much money you throw at something mm-hmm. it, it you you cannot spend that much money fast enough to build that kind of brand loyalty it it ju- you just can't do it so you've got this concept like you just described you know so that somebody's going to go to them and go well why don't we do another location yeah Right? Or why don't we do another location? Right? It's a great concept. Wow, what a great concept. And all of a sudden, the cachet that you've just described disappears in the third or fourth. Maybe not the second, but that third or fourth. You can't keep at the same, you you can't have that same brand promise, you know, and there's just, you water it down. And that's the worst thing, especially back to the comment on the luxury brands. That's the one thing you have to fight all the time fight is that is you're not fight. watering down your brand. Fight. You've got to fight for it. Yeah. You've, you know, my friends at, at you know, word of mouth, that's Arnett's and Haven, all those guys, and they're on the radio in 680. And I've known Michael and Steven. I've known Michael for 30 years, and Steven's the chef, and I've known him forever. They're wonderful folks. We talk about this all the time. Their biggest challenge with, with, with building another restaurant yeah. Is how do we, in this case, find the staff to represent the brand the way that we want to represent it? Yeah. I mean, you're in the service business. That's a bear. In service, absolutely. And then if you're in the luxury product business, like I have no idea what Louis Vuitton spends legally on fighting counterfeit. Oh, my goodness. But it is a huge... They spend more on that, I bet, than a lot of brands do on their marketing. Probably. Um, because that's a huge you know, issue for them. But you know what? If they don't do it, it's going to continue to deteriorate their brand. It, it, it is. So, um, it, it, and then you look at 
autos, of course. Let's go to, I mean, you know, auto brands are, I mean, all they want, again, I was talking to, I forgot who it was last week. And and you look at the luxury auto brands, um, whether it's Mercedes or Lexus or BMW or pick any of them, right? Yeah. And, you know, was it probably 15 years ago, maybe 20? I guess God, I'm aging myself. You know, whether Mercedes went into the C-Class, right? Rover's got the whatever the heck that little dinky one is now, right? So all these luxury brands are going into a smaller auto to try to get the consumer into the into the family. Right, and that's because they're looking at it, and something well, maybe when we come back from the break we'll talk about, there is an entry point. And so if you're a luxury brand, how do you look at entry points? So uh, we're going to do that in a few minutes. Uh, you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Darren Rand. Uh, we are having a brand and inflation discussion. And uh, right before uh, the break, we were talking about, you know, what luxury brands, um, and you talked about auto, have, you know, started 10 years ago of, okay, well, they realize there's a point of, all right, they're only, people are only going to have one or two cars per um, household. Um, how do we get the next group of household, you know, uh, income in? And so, yes, we saw the luxury brands. I mean, even Porsche now is doing it, you know, with the, uh, you know, the $80,000 version, you know, for them, that's kind of the entry point. So, you know, instead of in protecting your brand, protecting that price premium, how do you look at um, expanding your audience, the adjacent? And I would say, if you don't think of it as an adjacent market, one tier down, then you're really you're going to mess your brain up. If you try to hit all things right away, that's, that's a recipe it's, for disaster. It's a, it's, a, it's a death walk. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. With, what they did is they built another product with the brand, with all the things to get somebody into, in, into their community. They didn't discount the you know, $80,000 entry. They said, okay, let's go build ourselves a 30000 or $35,000 entry entry product, right? Yep. Big difference, you know? So that's what we're talking about. I mean, and then there's some that, you know, again, maybe with Vuitton, because, you know, it's like, okay, well, you don't have to buy a purse, you can buy a wallet, right? Right. But it's, no, what's the entry point to get you into, into that, into that? To start. Somewhere to start. Yeah. You know, the, the one that's really interesting, I've always thought about, though, that is a luxury brand that seems to have been able to go across all of the different price points very, very comfortably is Ralph Lauren. Because they've got couture, Very much so. They got Purple Label, but they, then they go to Polo, and then they go, you know, they so, but there's something about that brand that regardless of what the price point is in in what the good is that you're buying i think they have they have they have built an overarching brand umbrella that seems to permeate every single line that they have whether it's the hot couture or the you know the the early stuff. Well, and I think that's where they've taken you know the let's call them the product lines within their brand portfolio and then they've segmented those to different areas. The other one I think is really interesting, and this may may be something that a lot of business owners are facing, is you know the changing habits. And I'm going to use shoes, and I'm going to use dress shoes, um, or 
what originally was the dress shoe category, you know, is people are working less, right? Or working, not working in the office. And then, you know, casual Fridays started to happen. So Johnston Murphy, okay? Johnston Murphy now, you I mean, you can get the leather tennis shoes and things like that. Really? Oh, absolutely. And they've been doing it for a while. But so how do you open yourself up to either your same customer who's got a different habit, you know, different preferences, or, you know, the younger workers that are coming in and realize. And, and one of the keys is just because they are premium, you can start to have products that fit what people are looking for. Don't give up your premium price and try to be the same price for those other tennis shoes as Dockers. What can you do better? Here's the thing. Okay, now let's go. Okay, so... When you're going to do a new entry point at a price that you've you've decided you're going to do that it fits the it fits all the 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 characteristics and the price and the and the criteria you set. Here's the other thing about what back to earlier, it's not happening overnight, yeah. right? I mean that oh we we we're going to do you know this this and I to your point of that shoe I heard a story about this. They wanted to expand and do more women's. And, uh, again, through the story that I heard, it really never got off the ground because they were not willing to invest the amount of money and time needed to to do it. So I was in um, – so let's go to auto real quickly. Yeah. Though. Look, at the, look at what's going on in auto right now. I mean, you cannot get a car. You cannot – and so a friend of mine who's in one of the luxury brands said – they are selling every car they've got at sticker or above. That's how that's how hot the brand is, and how hot the cars are. And you know, again, which is great. But here's where someone has to defend the brand and look at quality control. Because guess what? At some point in the next eighteen months. One of the manufacturers is going to have been pushing so hard to get things out the door that the recall, you know, oh, yeah. are going to take off and the brand will get hurt 18 months from now. And those are the type of things you just got to always, you know, you got to watch on. When the Rover came out, the new one, the big one, they were having problems on the inside. I mean, no one ever, everyone talks about it. You never want that first generation of any of any new car, whether it's luxury or non-luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but so that was, it was interesting yeah. seeing, seeing when I, you know, heard from him about the, about, you know, their prices, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's inflation, but, you know, the auto has got such a shortage. Um, and, you know, there's, it, it's, it's one of these things that, but so, his so brand, you, they could go to others, they could pick some other luxury brand and they're, right, they because, keep and this, this is the key. So even if you can sell for whatever you want, um, make sure that whatever you, that price premium you're allowed to get, you do everything that uh, fulfills the brand promise of why they're paying that premium. And I'm going to take that back to Johnston and Murphy. I'm going to, you know, my Nina days, we had a 10 to 15% price premium. And we reviewed every morning, every set of paper that came off every paper machine. And if it was even questionable quality, we threw it out. All right. Johnston and Murphy, one thing and looking at, let's call them those leather tennis shoes um, that I've seen that they do differently is they've got um, I'm going to call it the old clear gum rubber type sole. And it is so soft and so comfortable. All right, so everything else on the uppers and all probably look the same, but that's a more expensive. Now, how much more expensive? Maybe it adds two or three percent to the cost. 
but they're doing something that you know they're always known for the craftsmanship the quality the feel that you can wear wingtips and feel like you know your feet are on air all day <laughs> that's so. what they're doing with this so just because the product technically looks the same they are ensuring in the product design that it de- will defend why it's $20 more than another you know, and maybe forty dollars more than the um, the Dockers leather tennis shoe. Here, this is an, so. What Trip's talking about now, with terms of you know, R and D. I think this is the one part that I want to. You know, I always say step back from the ledge. We talk to people all the time, all the time, and they'll go, "Oh yeah, you guys, that makes a lot of sense." And then when we tell them what it takes to really do what it is we're talking about, oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that's just, we, we can't do, we, that, that's just, that's either too much money or it's too much time. And it happens every single day in our business, every single day in our business. So, and the biggest question to, to fight back as we're wrapping up is, well, what if you could get 10% more price? Could you do it? And no one really ever asked that question back to R&D. They just know we can't do it. Well, what if I get a better price? Exactly. I mean, the, the, you know, you, know, you talked about, you know, uh, fast food. And, I mean, you know, look at, have you seen a Chick-fil-A around here that's not getting updated? I mean, holy smokes. Absolutely. And the you know, technology and stuff the technology, that they put in, I mean, it's fantastic people, everything they're doing. So, so back to brand. I guess the point is, is that, um, and again, having a good friend and clients that are, that are CFOs, I think that, that there's not enough money put into the brand as if it is an asset, which it is. It is a totally an asset, and we're going to have to dive into that next week. If In the meantime, reach out to us at randinc.cc. You've been listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We're going to also ask for questions next week from you guys. So uh, have a great week, and we will talk soon. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.